And once you understand that, that is literally probably like the biggest, you know, mic drop of learning how to get images that look a certain way. everyone welcome to the wedding mavericks podcast with me Lindsay, and jules this is a podcast for wedding videographers and photographers where we get to discuss all aspects of running a business developing technical knowledge and skills and pushing your creativity let's just spend a minute talking about this week shall we what we've been up to what we've been doing well the headline the headline was it was our 15th wedding anniversary <gasps> so um, we've been styling, I was going to say styling it up, but <laughs> no, we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> so we've been, um, we've been, uh, uh, well, I'd say we've been mildly celebrating, as in uh, we've been acknowledging it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we're going, we're going to go out tonight after this, aren't we? Yes. For the rarest of rare um, nights out. Yes. Like a proper night out. Propping it out to see a comedian at a gig and everything. Yeah. Usually the closest we get to a night out is working at a wedding together. And that's that's probably been the case since about 2018. Yeah. It's probably Definitely. 2018 was probably the last time we actually properly went out anywhere together. Yeah. And that I was probably a, someone's wedding do or something, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I th- because, because we feel we, we don't want to ask your mum to... Yeah, because she has the kids all the time. Yeah, for work, but when it's something that's a social occasion, we we feel like we can't, we shouldn't really ask. But um, yes, so that's really nice. And and don't and don't play it down. To be fair, don't let him make you think he's Mister Cool or anything like that. Okay, we got ourselves some really nice, or rather, wrote some really nice things in one another's cards. And when I thought he was in here in the office working very hard all day on Tuesday. Um he was actually making me a, a, a lovely video for our anniversary. So, you know Slideshow photos, should my, we just call it? Well <laughs> really nice. Just a, a, a lovely, lovely um yeah, little one. Taking of taking things back to their roots of back to, your yeah. Star Studios. Oh my eh? goodness, yeah. Our very from our very first photograph together to everything in between so that was really really lovely really nice treat so yeah don't don't be so modest and no i was just merely saying i was just merely saying on our actual wedding anniversary which was yesterday we we were ju- it was just a normal day wasn't yes, it yes it was just you a, were doing a stuff way. you were doing stuff yeah. with the kids and i was Numerous. trying to do work and, yeah and we had tea and it was a normal tea and yeah blah, blah, blah. that's it yeah which yeah. Our, our eldest daughter had her first sort of introductory day at high school yesterday yes. so, so that was that was a that big was, one yeah that was a, a big one and we sort of lots changing this year it is it's like it's a year of of um becoming real grown-ups <laughs> we've just been practicing for the past uh 20 years <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh you give our age away stop it 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. we had a wedding last weekend, didn't we? And we've mm-hmm. got a rare weekend off for the summer months. Um, this weekend, I'm going to a family wedding, um, which we would go we would go to together slash as a family. But it's um, I've already shot. It's my cousin, and I've already shot his wedding. Um, the actual ceremony bit that was during COVID and you could only have like 10 guests or whatever. So he had the smallest of weddings just to get married legally in a church. I shot that. And then um, we, this is kind of the reception, shall we say. So there's like family and stuff invited to it. But because it's on an Air Force base, which is a a different one, um, we we can't take the kids so that so means Lindsay's staying at home because my mum's going and she would normally have the kids. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's our week. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> we should have a little jingle segment for that. <laughs> no, it's I couldn't care about your week. Probably not that interesting <laughs> at all. No. But we hope you've had a good one. Yeah. Um, and today we are going to be discussing light, aren't we? Light. Lime of fire, lime of fire. Wow. Wow, I might have to edit that out. <laughs> Bit of improv there. <laughs> yes, light and using it during a wedding day. Um, you <laughs> just are, in general, just so just you can see general. where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> whether you are a photographer or videographer. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to be talking about it applying to both still and sort of moving image, cinematography, videography, whatever you want to call it. Um, And light is the most fundamental thing in photography and filmmaking because without light uh, and shadow, uh, we wouldn't be able to create images. And as a photographer and filmmaker, the one thing that you always want is control over your light. Uh, It's probably the thing that we all strive for when um, when we're shooting. We're, We're trying to be able to use the light, control the light in a way that will help us to um, create the image that we're trying to create. Obviously, at a wedding, this might not always be the case. You might not always be able to control and manipulate the light exactly how you want. You can you can work with what you've got, but you can't always you can't always move people. So you can't always move the subject, and you can't always. Um, manipulate the light as in um you know put some sort of diffusion on it or block part of it out by shading shading areas and things like that so it's it's kind of really important um probably more so than than some other genres of filmmaking and photography is that with weddings you really need to understand light so that you can adapt and work with what you've got to get the results that you want in different situations. Because mm. it's not a controlled environment, is it? Yeah, and it happens very quick as well. And, you know, think about a film set or think about a photography studio. Think about the time that you would expect to be able to set up a shot. You know, they spend literally, you know, a day setting up the lighting for a film set, you know, for a particular scene. Sometimes, you know, in a photography studio, if you're doing a particular shoot with models, you might spend hours putting positioning lights and trying different things out and just slightly tweaking how the light is going to fall on the subject. So you don't have any of that at a wedding. You literally Mm. have seconds, sometimes no seconds. Sometimes literally it's just happening and you've got to work with it or it changes, you know. 
I mean, an example would be we were shooting a wedding a few weeks ago. It was an outdoor wedding. And crikey, do you remember how much the light changed during that ceremony? Yeah. It was, you know, the time you would expect. So it's midday when the sun's kind of the brightest and the highest it is. And it was like just coming in and out of the clouds constantly. Yeah. And the, the difference between how dark it was at one point and how bright it was at another, you literally couldn't just leave the cameras alone. And... I think even if you'd have put the cameras on some sort of auto exposure, it'd have still messed it up. It'd have looked wrong um, just because there was that much variation between mm. the two. So we were, we were having to work with that. So that's not really what we're talking about in today because we're talking more about creatively and, and things using the light as like, an, you know, intentionally to create certain things. But that's just an example of how you don't have control over the light in a in a wedding so yeah yeah so okay let's start with um the different sources of light yeah we could come across then so we'll start with uh the obvious one natural light that you would see so uh when we're you've just mentioned filming a wedding outside you know uh, or when we are outside the natural light is going to come from the sun. It's going to come from the the sky and the things that it's are that going place. To, the sun. The sun. <laughs> I just it's a know, friend's quote. I knew I knew you were going to say that as soon as I'd said. So uh, yeah, the sun, sky, and and the things that that will reflect off of that, because um, you'll know from from being outside, and then we'll cover this a little bit further down when we talk about you the, the kind of outside space and environment you know you you could have you could have quite light colored buildings you know big glass windows things like that there might be objects and things that not only have you kind of got that sun shining directly down upon you you could have it coming at an angle almost as well because you're going to get quite a um a, a reflection off of things that could be out there yeah, and, and pretty much all surfaces will reflect light to some extent. So obviously something that is really matte coloured and really black won't reflect, it will reflect hardly any light. Um, whereas if you've got something that's very white or reflective in colour, um, you will get a lot of light reflecting off that. So basically the light is reflecting off everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's coming down from the sky, it's reflecting off the ground, it's reflecting off water, it's reflecting off mountains. You know, but it's like... Wherever you are, so if you're in an urban environment, it's going to be reflecting off buildings. Mm. Um, so yeah, like you were saying about reflect, reflecting off specific surfaces, but also it's just you you get light all around you, natural light all around you when the sun is out because it's re- it's not just directly coming onto you; it's reflecting off everything. It's even reflecting off like the Earth's, um, you know, the, the 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 ozone layer type thing. The, the, it's, it's coming back down to Earth from just reflecting from the other side of the, the the world, if that makes sense. So it's not always directly coming mm-hmm. from the sun, it's coming from other sources as well, but the source is the sun. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, just had to uh, go into that. Stepping into geography a little bit. <laughs> then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's natural light. When we don't have the, the luxury of, of natural light, it's going to come from some form of artificial light. So you'll know all the various types. You know, we've got our LED bulbs. You have different things like the fluorescent, incandescent, tungsten, those different things. Um, and... We will use both of these things, of course, 
we have to use both of these things because one or both of them will feature throughout the day when you're filming off or photographing a wedding. So um, as the professionals there, we are going to be using both of those. Um, now, when it comes to uh, the, the images that you are seeing, think about what elements of light you might see in the images. So let's take ambient first and foremost. So that could be an environmental thing. Me to say, I think that's how we're talking. Environmental, um, generally, kind of uh, thinking about how the the scene may be lit. Yeah, so right now we're we're sat in a room, and what I would what I would call is this is we're, we're just being lit right now by the ambient light. We're not directly trying to light ourselves no. or parts of the room. It is just we've got a light on in the room the ceiling light and that's creating the ambient light if we were outside that would be you know the the light that's just there um that we're not directing to the subject would just be the ambient light Mm -hmm. yep so uh key then so key in terms of your the, the different elements of light that will be where you are focusing some type of lighting on your subject so then a couple of these that we have recorded for youtube previously you've used one of um, yeah. one of the, the the lights that we've got here in the in the studio to light us and we've we've kind of played around with sort of looking at what what sort of difference we, we just can't be bothered have. right now to set all that up that's why you're not supposed to say that <laughs> honestly <Yeah. laughs> and then finally so accent lighting as well um that's going to help you to create depth and a particular look in your images or in your your film so ambient key and accent can you talk us through um any any sort of um other examples of of what might it might well, with the accent, so like, we move on so for instance we've talked about the key so you would the idea is is that um you 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 will use you will probably in most situations use a combination of these, whether you're realising it intentionally or not. So, you know, sometimes the ambient and the key light will be the same thing because you might be doing a group shot outside and essentially the light that is available, you're not focusing it in any way to the people who you're taking a photo, to the subject. You are just using the light that's available. And hopefully that is kind of quite... um, quite an even light um and it's all around and so it's 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 kind of evenly um lighting the subject and you might not have a key light as such you know the ambient light might be acting as a key but in other situations you might be using the ambient light for instance you know the light that's in the background the sunset or the you know the, the light that is in the in the atmosphere in the clouds coming through the trees that would be the ambient and then you would potentially the subject might be quite dark because of the the location and angle direction of the light that's coming from the ambient light so you might want to then light the subject with something else um, you might choose to in a different situation use the sun as a key light and then kind of the ambient light becomes just the other light that's not coming directly from the sun that's shining on the subject or couple if you like um and an accent light is is anything that's in the scene that's not going to be directly related to the light in the subject or something that's um you know that's kind of 
part of the, the ambient light that's already there. So for instance, you might have, it's getting dark and you might have a building that's got lots of lights on it and they might be, they might be kind of acting as some accent lights. And, and then in the foreground, you've got your subject. So the, those, that building with the lights on is in the background and you've got your subject in the foreground and you're lighting that with a key light. So the ambient light will be maybe the sky. The key light would be you using whatever light you're using, whether it's a, an LED or a flash or whatever, to light the subject, the couple. And then the accent lighting could be the, the lights that are on in the building in the background. That's just a very kind of generic way of cool. explaining it. Yeah, thank you. All right. So if we go into kind of some of the characteristics of light and image making... So I'm not going to go too much detail or dwell on these, but we've basically got the quantity. So the quantity of light, the amount of light, which will also be, could be referred to as the intensity or the brightness. And that is basically how much light, how powerful that light is. And that is going to affect your exposure when you're taking a picture or you are recording a clip of for a film. So that's, we're not going to talk about exposure as in how to expose and, and things like that. But that is essentially what, what we're talking about, the amount of light that's available. And you could measure that through a light meter or something like that, or you could use your eyes. Um, there are also other things in cameras that can help you with what the quantity of light is. So things like a histogram, um, things like um, zebras, metering. So... These, these tools help us to assess what the quantity of the light is um, on particular um, sort of surfaces or subjects. And this, this is how you're going you're gonna to use those tools or you're going to use your eye to, to decide how, how best to expose. We then got the quality of light. So this is going to be kind of the, the quality is going to be the kind of how... how if that light's shining, how much of it is shining? So how much of it is, is how are we going to cast shadows with that light? So how much of it is it shining on your subject, etc.? How much of, of, of that light are we blocking out when we're looking at um, creating that image? So how much of it is in light and how much of it is in shadow? And th there's things that can affect this, like the distance. So when we talk about quality of light, we're talking about the, the, the kind of two simple ways of putting it is hard light and soft light. So hard light would be usually a more focused light. It would be brighter, typically. Um, there would be harsh shadows, more contrast, and it, it's going to draw attention to specific parts of the photos. So specific parts of the photos will be in bright light, and specific parts of the photos will be in heavy shadow mm -hmm. or some shadow. Um, and that's that's essentially the, the basic way of explaining what hard light is soft light on the other hand is usually from a kind of larger source so it's less focused it's usually closer to the subject although you know when we're talking about close to the subject if we're talking about the, the sun can still provide some soft light if it's not directly <laughs> shining at something so it doesn't necessarily have to be close to the subject but i think if we're using artificial light the typical rule of thumb is, is that the closer you put the light source to the subject, the softer that light will be, um, particularly if it's from a larger source. 
um, less, it's going to have less contrast. So soft light typically has less contrast. It's probably going to be more flattering because it's got softer shadows. Um, and generally it's a flatter image. So whereas like hard light is quite dynamic, soft light is quite flat. Um, and light can be altered. So the way that we alter the quality of light is through transmitting it. So that when we say transmitting it, that could be how intense you're going to put something out. So how how sh- brightly you're going to shine it. Obviously, you can't control the the um, level of uh, transmission from the sun, but you can from artificial light. And I guess to some extent, you can you can um, change the transmission level of the sun between different times of the day. <laughs> so daylight, darkness, and the bits in between where the sun is is kind of more intense or less intense because of its location in the sky. Um, we can reflect it. So light can be reflected, it can be diffused, and it can be blocked. And they're the ways that we can adjust that kind of quality of light, basically. The third part is the direction. So we can reflect and refract that light to come from different directions, or we can just point in that way by either if we're using artificial light where we place the light or if we're using natural light where we place the subject in accordance to where the light is shining. So, for instance, you know, if, if the sun is quite low in the sky in the mornings and in the evenings and it's pointing at an angle and it's quite low down, we're going to be able to control the direction of how it, how it falls onto the subject by moving the subject into that light in different ways. Or, if we're going to use artificial light, we'll just point our flashlight or our LED or whatever um, in particular way shining towards the subject and that's going to change all sorts of things you know in terms in terms of um, the where where it casts shadows um, and generally that is that is going to be one of the big things that controls the look of how the image is affected in terms of where the light falls where the shadow falls um, and we're going to go into that in a, in a bit more detail when we're talking about it in relation to particular styles of uh, image or um, particular moods and feelings that that can create so and the last one would be light color and white balance so essentially light emits the way that light works it it is on different color spectrums and um to to put it simply daylight is is one level and um if you put that sun through a cloud it will look a different color if um you put it trying to think if it's dark it's going to look a different color if it's particularly uh, orange because it's like a sunset sunrise it's going to be a different color if you go inside you've got different color artificial lights so you've got the very yellowy orange tungsten type lights um, and then you can have quite bluey um, leds and things like that and it's understanding that different colors of light um, will affect the photo or the or the video clip in different ways and understanding how to index your camera by telling it what the white balance is so that it knows 
it knows basically what white or a neutral color is supposed to look like in those in those lighting conditions in that color of light so that everything looks all the other colors look correct if you get that wrong that's when you if you if you get the the white balance wrong your image will end up looking too cold and blue Mm. and if you get it wrong the other way it'll end up looking too yellow and too warm and everything in between and a lot of the time particularly at weddings we're going to be working with mixed light because you don't if you're outside even outside your light conditions can change quite rapidly like we were talking about with the example before where Mm -hmm. light is it's sunny and then it goes behind the cloud sunny goes behind the cloud not only is that going to change your exposure but your white balance is going to massively change so it's about understanding these things and understand it then rather than looking back at an image or looking back at a video clip and going this looks funky as you kind of understand why that's going to happen when that's going to happen and you can actually do something about it should you want to do something about it yeah and th- this year we've made the move from just using an auto white balance mm. and then trying to make the adjustments during editing yeah to to consciously trying to understand what the different light sources are and and um, understanding also what what's the capability of the camera under different settings then yeah and that's that's for different reasons really like the the first one is that um obviously understanding about kelvin and understanding about white balance was was a thing previously but we had chosen to stick by using auto white balance when both shooting photos and video because it's a wedding things change so rapidly that there's a lot of there's a lot of chance that you set your white balance and then if something happens and you move from inside the yellow barn to the outside daylight and you kind of start filming because something's happened and you reacted Mm. to it um you whereas if you're using auto white balance it's not going to be perfect but it's going to be ballpark ish you're going to be able to do something with it. You're going to be able to use it. If you set your white balance up for a yellow barn and then you go outside and it's blue, like mm. proper blue, um, you, you're not really going to be able to do anything with that image. You, you, you're stuck with black and white, which for photos, not too bad. And obviously, if you're shooting raw photo, you don't need, really need to worry about this stuff too much. But for video, it's essential that you don't do that because you can't really change that blue image. So you are then stuck with black and white and it's not really typical to make most of your films in black and white. So it wouldn't be noticeable and it'd certainly be noticeable if you left it really blue. And because we have been doing photo and video and switching between the two, that's already quite a lot to think about. And then when you have to start throwing in, you know, the the what make sure you've got the white balance right for the right room, um, that's just a lot of extra pressure and a lot more to think about a lot more that can go wrong mm. and then the second part of it is that the aesthetics so by changing the white balance you can actually control the aesthetics a lot more than you can with auto white balance now with, again with photo it doesn't matter because you, with raw photo you can change it very easily you can manipulate the white balance in post it's much harder to do with video um, especially the sort of cameras that most of us are going to be shooting with and it has got better. You can manipulate it more with the newer Sony cameras, the codecs that they're using, um, the 
the, the colour is a lot easier to manipulate. There is more room to move it, but still not like enough if you went blue and yellow. But the other part of it is is that it's, it's just, you get that nice aesthetic. Um, if you're looking for a particular look, you're wanting something that's quite warm, ca- the camera will tend to, I, I've noticed that the cameras tend to be a bit too blue. They're a bit too cold for what we want it to look like. Uh, particularly, you know, like I say, it doesn't matter so much with photo, but it does with video. So we've gone to trying to use manual white balancing or at least using the preset manual white balances in camera so that we can maintain that kind of more mm. more warm tone to the, the images at the moment. Thank you. Okay, so let's stick with... Um, so, sorry, I digressed us on to white balance there, but... And, and I just talked to, about it for about 10 minutes. That's okay. <laughs> So things like, let, let's have a look then at the factors that are going to affect, um, that are going to have an impact on the lighting then. So you've talked about then switching from one environment to the next, which is um, so typical, isn't it? Just constantly on a wedding day. So um, let's think about the location that you're in first and foremost. So from outdoor, which you've just mentioned a, a, a lot about there, but think about indoor specifically. And the types of light that you get in there. We've touched on a couple of the different examples yeah. already. Um, but if you think, you know, let's think about you're going to get light that might come through from a, a window. Um, but that's, of course, going to be very different to the tungsten spotlights, LEDs, things like that that you will get inside. Um to the outside then, you know, are you uh, somewhere that's in a, a huge sort of open space? Are you near somewhere that um, has kind of mountains and things in the background? Are you somewhere where there's some woodland area? You know, with something like that, if you are, you're going to find that that's going to produce quite a green cast on the environment that you've gone to. If you're near water, it's going to be blue isn't it? It's going to be a touch of blue that will kind of more automatically yeah, cause, cause it, the Whatever the light is reflecting mm-hmm. off is going to be reflected into the light that's coming into your camera slash hitting your subjects. Yeah. So, you know, you'll notice sometimes if you're shooting in a field or a woodland where there's a lot of greenery around, that the light's reflecting off that greenery onto your couple's skin and it's making their skin look greener than it actually is in camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not notice it so much with your naked eye, because your eyes are adjusting to that, um, but the camera is 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 picking that up and thinking yeah. that that person's skin's supposed to be green because that's what light is seeing. Obviously, that's not what we want. So you can do things about that in post, but we want to understand this so that hopefully we can avoid most of it mm. um, when we're shooting. Yeah, or we can at least, you know, negate some of it or compensate for it. Mm. Yeah. So that's location. So then. Sticking with the outside, we think about the conditions that we've got. Is it sunny? Is it cloudy? Have you got a mixture of the two? Is it really grey and dull? What amount of light can you see that you're going to be able to use? And, uh, I mean, you know, talking about the naked eye there and what you can actually see, particularly on sunny days, I spend so much of the day... And this 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 will be this will be why we get asked the question. Oh, can you just take a photo of when we're filming? <laughs> I spend so much of the day, and I think I've become quite reliant on it now. Mm, me too. Not trusting what I'm seeing on the screen yeah. of the camera, actually looking through the viewfinder and really kind of trying to sort of concentrate and and just like you say, if you come into an outside environment immediately, if that sun's up in the sky, if if it's just really quite bright, 
your own eyes adjusting to that but then kind of how does that appear through the lens and like you've said with those different colors happening what's what what impact is that having on the kind of skin tones even on bright white dresses you know is it having an impact on that as well for for the couple so yeah think about when you do step outside what kind of weather conditions are you looking at and what amount of light is that providing for you is it something that is intermittent have we got our sun going in and out from behind the clouds or have we got something that's quite consistent it's quite a gray dull day so okay that's not great necessarily but it's looking pretty much the same it's a bit flat uh, but it's looking sort of much the same. So, yeah. And that's um, hence why so many um, photographers particularly, I wouldn't say it's the same for wedding filmmakers because wedding filmmakers are usually looking for something that's more dynamic and interesting for their video clips. Mm-hmm. Um, but photographers, you know, they like cloudy days, flat light, because it makes it a lot more consistent and easy to shoot. You're not constantly like well this is this looks completely different to this you can especially when you're doing like the portraits and group shots you can be quite uh you know you can feel quite confident that mm-hmm. things are going to look they're going to look nice yeah. and they're going to look you know similar because essentially the clouds are just diffusing this light it mm-hmm. looks very flattering on people people are going to look good that day if you've got a lot of sunlight a lot of shadow kicking around people might look a bit not the best yeah so yeah so that's outside. What about your conditions indoors then? So um, let's think about a ceremony or it could be a set of speeches, you know. And again, let's think about the sunshine. Um, and we've, we've had Did you this just go uh, sunshine? <laughs> I did, I didn't mean to. If you're listening in another <laughs> part of the country, that, that sounds like uh, the oasis oh, from Manly and Gallagher. <laughs> okay, let's think about the sunshine. Oh, and it, you did it again. Oh, not meaning to okay <laughs> um we've i can think of a few weddings where um so a civil at uh, a location in scotland at balbany house um and then churches just where you get the sun shining through windows or maybe a glass ceiling or something like that and it's only shining on either part of your couples part of an individual or part of the room yeah um and maybe it's coming in and out of the clouds quite often as well yeah and i I think of the the one from up at scotland where the sun was absolutely blazing through and and it really was it made them look like angels almost almost the the bright and the room the bride and groom but the rest of well, have you noticed how the, the, the way I colour graded that film, everything was like bright and angelic? Yeah. <laughs> exactly because of there that reason. Because of that. Yeah. So, yeah, again, even inside, whether it's your ceremony, where it's, it's the, um, the the speeches, and, you know, we all love it when the, the top table's right in front of the massive glass uh, doors or windows that are directly behind them and you've got all that light shining in from there, from outside and for video particularly you're, you're oh, trying really to sort of expose for for that um so yeah how do you manage this if you have ch- changing conditions so like you said it's it's a lot easier when it's kind of something that's just consistent for that period of time yeah. that, that you can that you can work quite easily with and even if the conditions aren't changing 
the the whole kind of point of us talking about all this is what if the conditions aren't changing but that is just the condition what you just described with it coming through the window and it, they're really all backlit but it's like so bright that you can't get you can't you'll have to blow the window out but get them in some kind of decent exposure um so that you can see the faces but at the same time that might not be the look that you're typically going for with your mm. films or your photos and so it's going to freak you out yeah it? it's going to be like well am i supposed to work with this and yeah. it's knowing it's understanding that and then potentially understanding how you might adapt to that um that's going to help you to you know use the light in an intentional way um sometimes there isn't an awful lot you can do sometimes you've got to adapt your style because of the lighting conditions mm. just simple as that really yeah so a couple of other things then in terms of things that can impact your lighting. We've looked at location and conditions so far. The subjects themselves. So let's take the couple whose wedding it is. Uh, what colours are you working with there in terms of the outfits that they're wearing, but also um, the skin tones yep. and hair colour even. Um, you know, I was looking, um, I was working some photographs last week but you know it's it's a frequent thing whereby brides will have some um some fake tan um applied for the for the wedding day to or, or makeup know, it could be makeup or it could, it? could be yeah makeup absolutely and in fact that that was a that was something for us just on some corporate headshots that we were we were um editing from from last week you know not only do you have to consider what is the light doing for me here in terms of my couple but the aesthetics there as well, what additional factors am I going to have to kind of think about and work with? Because um, if one person in the couple, so more often than not, it's the bride, if they are wearing fake tan or they have quite a um, a vibrant um, sort of colour scheme with the, the makeup and then uh, the person they get married to doesn't, well, you know. Block could be pale. But, and and then there's such a contrast between those two yeah. skin tones that you've you've got to you've got to try and balance that, and especially right. when, with the what the light's doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's something as well, you know. So again, j- just get as you're listening to this, thinking through in your own mind, you know, how do you manage this? What do you do then to be able to um, kind of make life easier for yourself, not just on the day, because you'll be thinking ahead to the editing stage one you and you'll be thinking okay well within my kind of toolkit if you like I know what I can do with that that's okay here I know what I can do with that and I think like you say there are there are some aspects of things really that for a photographer it will be easy to kind of manage that in post than it will when it comes to the film yeah so oh sorry no, oh, I thought you were going to say something sorry um okay and then finally just other objects as well um what that that might kind of um whether you're indoors or outdoors again what things are going to either block or reflect the light for you and how is that um going to have an impact on what it, what, what what your focus is that you might be uh, photographing or filming yeah um yeah and then the last one is is the mood or style Oh, that, sorry, you'd, you'd already mentioned, but I, I, oh, I was right. going to skip past that because you'd already talked about mood style a yeah. little bit. Yeah, so, but. but it's just knowing that if you want something to look particularly, you know, cool and desaturated, or you want something to look very warm and saturated, or a mixture of those, you know, knowing what your intended outcome is at the start when you're shooting will help you massively to achieve that, rather than trying to rely on... Mm 
post-production and using different presets and you know doing really extreme things in post-production if you kind of know how to capture it in camera better you can get a more natural look and you can spend less time trying to achieve that in post Mm. so that's i think as well that, that with an element of that if you completely understand what your mood and style is um i think that for 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 some some people that that might be a point of discussion with the couples before the day yeah that you know let's let's take a a summer wedding in august you know it might be that you talk about the fact that well if we're faced with really really bright bright, sunny conditions um but really you've come to me because you know that the the mood and the style of my photographs is is this it might be that i become a little bit more you know I, i try to kind of manage that a little bit more than maybe yeah you know like i would normally completely different times of the day to what you're expecting yeah just because that's what will complement the style that you've you've hired me for yeah uh, maybe it's about adapting styles because of the conditions at certain times of the day or whatever it could be that you just show on your website and instagram whatever show certain photos that you want but you still shoot those other things they just look completely different to the things that you're kind of trying to get booked for Mm. but understanding this stuff's really important because i think certainly for the first what we were talking about before we recorded this i said this is the episode this is one of these things and there will be a few more episodes that probably fall into this category but this is information that i just wish someone i wish i'd have been able to find someone whether it's a teacher a university or a book or a podcast or video on YouTube or an online course that really just explained it to me in these simple terms that I would understand, you know, because I am sort of quite sciencey in my mind, you know, I'm, I'm into, I've always been into science and stuff, but I don't need to know the science. I just, I basically need to know practically what, what does that mean? And what, if we do this, what will that mean? And how can I then replicate it? And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. We're trying to talk, trying to talk about it in like a basic way with a little bit of like meat on the bones, if that makes sense, and practically how you would use that situation, how you would get that look. Because I, I think I was trying to mm. work out what our look was for years until I realised it was quite a natural, neutral and changeable one, simply because the different times of the day create different opportunities different mm-hmm. weather conditions create different opportunities you can't get unless you're going to use artificial light um like a flash with a, a a gel on it you can't create a sunset shot if there's no sunset if mm. it's if it's a really really cloudy flat day um you can't create drama if the light's flat it's all of these things and it's just knowing this stuff and yeah. knowing how you might adapt to that mm. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I like it. I like it. you've got lots to to give on this, and it's it's good because it's um, because I didn't I, I didn't always understand because, this stuff, especially mm, for the first couple of years of doing this. I didn't understand this stuff. Yeah, but I like this because it's it's um it it's coming from experience. Yeah, it's, it's not something that. And it's having to learn it all myself from a textbook. Yeah, yeah. because I couldn't learn it from a textbook. I couldn't find a textbook to tell you all this. Not in the way that we're talking about it in this episode, anyway. And I certainly didn't get told at a uni. And I've done a degree in photography and media. Which I was was so surprised when you said that. Lighting was, you know, 
yeah, you need lighting. And then and then we did some stuff in a studio one day where we set some lights up. That was about as hands-on as it got when it came to lighting. The rest of it was like, yeah, if you need some light because it's dark, set a light up. Didn't really talk about how you would create these looks or anything. So, contrast. So, contrast basically equals difference. That's a, that's a very simple way of, of putting it. And in, within light, it means the amount of light and dark or shades um, or different tones because we might have different tones within the the shades um, of light um, and colour. We might have different tones within the shades of colours and different colours will, you know, if you put a yellow and a blue next to each other, everyone will be able to see that those two are very different colours. If you put a yellow and a, an orange next to each other, they're a lot more similar. So there's less contrasting colours if you put a light and orange next to each other. If you put a yellow... Um, a light and orange. Did I just say light and orange? A yellow and orange next together. There's not as much contrast. If you put a light, a yellow next to a light, <laughs> a yellow next to a blue, going to be lots of contrast. If you put, um, you know, a shade of two shades of grey that are kind of very similar together, there's not going to be a lot of contrast there. If you put really, really white and really, really black next to each other, lots of contrast. So that's essentially what contrast is. And contrasting images is going to be areas of light and shade. Um, black and white it's going to be areas of extreme color difference um and you're going to get that in your foregrounds and your backgrounds so that's going to create sort of these texture and depth in your image um and we refer to images in in ways of high contrast so there's those big differences between the bright and darks an example of that would be like a silhouette or something like that would be very high contrast you know that's that's the that's kind of like one of the most extreme uh, examples of a high contrast image is a silhouette where something's heavily lit from one direction and you can't see you know you j basically the mm. subject is just completely in shadow um a low contrast image is that usually that there isn't any kind of pure whites and blacks there's lots of middle tones and whereas a high contrast image will look quite dynamic a low contrast image will look very flat um and kind of even so Adding overall contrast increases the saturation as well. So if we don't have an awful lot of contrast in an image, we tend to the colours tend to not be very saturated. If we add contrast into an image, we're also adding, usually, this is how it works, we're usually adding saturation. And whether that's that, that works both the same, whether we're talking about a full kind of RGB colour spectrum or whether we're talking about black and white, because even in black and white images different um, objects within the black and white image will have color values and the, those color values you know the, the things that would be red in that in that image the things that would be green or would be blue they will um, be in different amounts and so they'll have different shades of darkness and shadow to them and the thing about contrast is and why it's so important to our images is because different amounts of contrast and different amounts of light and shadow and darkness um, will evoke different emotions. And that is exactly what we're going to discuss in the next section. <laughs> so, yeah, style of wedding photography then. So, um, you know, this applies to, to wedding filmmakers too. But we're back at under kind of understanding your place, your identity, your style and defining your style 
so again we'll 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 have a range of people who still um will be maybe try through trial and other we're trying to understand what feels right to you in terms of your style um and that could be that could be because on the actual day itself you're still kind of getting to grips with learning about the different types of lighting and the conditions that you're working with. It could be a post thing. It could be an editing, um, uh, I think, for, for during the editing process. So um, let's just say that there is no right or wrong way to light, necessarily. There are just different styles, Yeah. if you think about it that way. Um, and that's why we say it applies to not just photographers, but uh filmmakers also you color grading in post uh with the films then that tends to create um sort of even more of a variety of looks you can go in a number of different ways with with that in 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 terms of yeah your, your color grading as well um, um, what i mean by that is is that photographers tend to use the colors that are in the image whereas with film, there tends to be a manipulate. Sometimes there tends to be a manipulation of colors as well to create a particular type of grade. Mm. So, you know, you will all have seen films, particular types of films that use a very kind of um, teal and orange look, or some that use a very blue, like kind of undertone to everything. You know, like you un. You, imagine, you know, if you think about your your kind of. Batman type films that have got quite a bluey tone to them you know that's because they're trying to create a particular type of vibe mm. it's supposed to evoke that particular type of emotion to it. it's supposed to be like keep you on edge it's supposed to be a bit sinister and a bit like underworldy and they do that through colour and that that is very very popular in cinema so that you know that's just one example another another film might have everything might be very red you know like a Kill Bill or something like that so these colours are really important and we can, I mean, we're not going to go into it in this episode, but there's colour theory about different colours evoke different emotions and things like that. And these, you know, people when they're making cinema, when they're making films, they are thinking about these things when they're grading their films. But those things wouldn't necessarily be there without A, lighting them in that way and then B, adding those colours in in post-production. I just want to know if there's anybody that's, Taking their inspiration then. What, from the Batman? From Batman or Kill Bill. For the the wedding stuff. For the colour grading. Yeah. Okay, but you get get the point. Okay, a a rom-com usually has quite a light and airy feel to it, doesn't it? And it'll have more warmer tones, I would say. You get the idea. There are a mix of styles out there, you know, and... um, we, we all know that, that that's going to be just one of many reasons, one of many factors why couples will gravitate towards you because of your style, yeah. which is why it's so important. <laughs> and you kill Bill Colour Grade. <laughs> Everything's red, man. <laughs> I just want everyone to think about blood during their wedding. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so <laughs> it's good to understand the kind of style that, that you... Uh, enjoy creating for your couples and just to uh, be aware of how you can use light to be able to complement that awesome okay so we'll go through some styles now these are mainly 
you, you would you would use these terms probably more to describe photography, wedding photography styles, rather than wedding videography styles. Mm. But it actually does the 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 same. They fall into the same. There'll be people out there that shoot video, and they will be shooting in one or or you know these styles, mm. um, because that's what they kind of gravitate towards. So that's you know that's they are, they are interchangeable with photo and video. It's just that these terms are more used when describing photography. And that's probably as well because wedding photography is like a thing. It's like a really established industry. You know, it's always been there. Whereas wedding filmmaking, as we know it today, is still an evolving and emerging profession and and kind of the the styles and things don't get talked about in the same way. So we'll start off with the styles, Mm -hmm. classic and traditional. So... This is generally going to be, you know, your most straightforward, oldie school type, look at the camera, smile, have your photo taken, say cheese, all that stuff type of photography. And it's typically going to be using a more technically correct and softer style, you know, more balanced lighting techniques because you're just wanting something that looks I don't mean I don't mean this in a negative way when I say plain, but that is essentially what wedding photography historically was. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, you've got you've got married, you've got all your friends and family together. Uh, look at the camera and let, let's take a, a photo. You know, it's it's very much kind of like going back to the origin origins of photography, where you know people used to sit down and the shutter shutter speed used to be so slow that they used to have to sit there for like you know a minute or something to have the photo taken and not move and obviously they don't have to do that now but that's kind of where photography started in terms of taking pictures of people and portraits and things and I'd say that over the decades that became the traditional um, style of the classical style of wedding photography and it's still there and some people still do that and some people still are into that and they're, they're still hiring that person and so you want that to be technically correct. So whether you're using natural light or artificial light, you're going to want the the subject to be as just evenly lit as possible. So that's kind of the approach that you would take. You would try and create, whether you've got ambient light or whether you're going to need to use light, you're going to set them up. And so if you're instance, you were setting a flash up because you were, I remember our wedding photos, so quite apt. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Do you remember? Just looking at it was today. so we should have been outside, but it wasn't a nice day. Thanks, June. Um, <laughs> it rained, and we we ended up we were in this beautiful location that we thought we we're going to have some great photos outside, and we ended up having to do them in this dingy library. And from what I remember at the time, the guy set up two stands, both on with like umbrellas, um, like you would in a studio. And he basically, that's how he took the photos in the library. And the photos are very evenly lit. Mm-hmm. They're, but they're, ve- they're the typical classical traditional style of wedding photos. There's nothing about them that kind of pops. It's just, everybody looks just nice. And that's how that's achieved, by setting up two, two umbrellas like you would in a studio and getting this really nice, perfect, evenly lit. That's exactly what we did when we did those corporate headshots the other day because we were doing it with people that they weren't looking for anything that was edgy or arty or, you know, showed personality. They basically wanted nice photos for their website. So the way to go with that was to set up two 
soft boxes at each side and light them evenly mm-hmm. so that there was very little shadow there so that they would look as nice as, as possible um and the you know we weren't trying to create something that looked a partic- had a particular style to it so that's that's kind of how you would achieve that and outside you would just basically look for probably an area of of neutral light like a shaded area or something like that um so editorial same sort of thing mm. um obviously there are different takes on this and and by the way all of these different styles that we're talking about they can all kind of like merge into each other in different ways um because you you could be classic and traditional with an editorial style but you could also be quite creative and um you could go more down the natural and contemporary route with your, your editorial um which is what we'll talk about in a second but you're just going to be a bit more highly posed so you're going to be spending a lot more time over how you're going to post those people and things like that. And the light is going to potentially be set up in different ways, or maybe it moves. So maybe you're going to light people individually, and then you're going to create some sort of composite because your editorial image, the the thing that you've got in your head that you want to create is going to require, you can't just light everybody the same. Maybe you've got to light them all slightly different. So that's going to require you to take separate images, composite, composite them together. Um, but essentially, it's, it's going to be similar to the above in that you're going to have them lit more in a um, a more flattering style that's going to look good for the cover of a magazine or whatever. However, you might you might push it towards a different a different um, thing. You might go a bit more contemporary and creative, and you might um, you might want to create more kind of um stylized looks you know on those portraits and things um but again we're not this isn't like a portrait discussion so we're not going to go into all the all the different types of lighting that you can use for portraits but if you understand what i'm saying about the different types of lighting you could use when you're using doing a portrait that's what i'm talking about so next will be natural and contemporary so i would say that's sort of where we are really is more we, we kind of blend a lot of these together but we're more natural and contemporary so we're talking more balanced and we're not pushing anything too far or the other you know we're not going really light and bright we're not going really dark we're trying to keep things more neutral we're trying to be more true to life but also make things look interesting mm. so we want the colors to pop yeah we want there to be some contrast in the image and we want there to be some areas of you know, brighter areas and darker mm-hmm. areas because it makes it look more interesting and more eye-catching. But we are trying to keep skin tones and colour values as true to life as they actually are. Mm. So we're not trying to manipulate them too much. We're not trying to light things too bright and we're not trying to light things too dark. And so for that, you would you would use a mixture of, depending on the lighting conditions, you would adapt to those. But essentially, you, you're going to you're going to want to try and expose. Usually, for you're trying to get a balance. But if you've got to choose, you're gonna you're gonna be choosing to expose for the subject for the subject's skin. Okay, so light and airy. That's going to be creating a more flat and low contrast, a bright, gentle, delicate, ethereal type thing. So uh, think think of like. You know, the, the sort of, um, you're going to be creating feelings of optimism and um, space and romance 
and it, great for wedding photos. And that's why the bright and airy look um, is like a is a is a, is is a very strong look for wedding photos. Um, so, so you're gonna you're gonna basically at this point you're gonna be looking to expose more for the shadows. So basically, you want in the shadows to be bright. You want in the 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 things in that image. You're not wanting there to be a lot of contrast where there's really dark things in it. You're wanting everything to be kind of light. So what that means is that, that then the the subject will tend to be a little bit brighter, a little bit lighter than maybe their skin would be in other photos. And what it usually means is, is the background, the sky, is usually blown out or bright because you've you've been exposing not for the brightest things in the sub, in the in the image but the darkest things and that's how you're typically going to create that kind of look on the flip side and opposite of that is the darker moody or more cinematic look and that's going to be higher contrast and that is going to be basically dark it's going to give you feelings of intensity mm. powerfulness it's going to be a bit potentially a bit somber depending um ominous and it's going to be more refined so you you got whereas you're going to have this light and airy it's going to have this ethereal feel to it this is like a refined this is like we are directing you to look exactly at this and this looks chiseled and this looks you know it, there's lines in it um and that that tends to be how that look mm. uh makes people feel um and that's that's kind of another look that you could go to and obviously those two are the total opposite opposite ends of the spectrum whereas you know the other th the first three we talked about are more middle of the road those two are you know opposite ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. and then the final one is kind of like photojournalistic documentary reportage and what you're typically going to find here is that people are using the light that's available now sometimes they will use artificial light they use flash or they use led etc um, that that is mostly going to happen when it's dark, when they need to. Basically, not they're not going to just you know pull the flash out because they're wanting to create a particular look. They're going to usually use artificial light just because it's got too dark and there isn't enough light. And what you're going to end up with is like a variety or a range of looks and colors, etc. Probably because they're less bothered about the light being technically perfect, but they're more bothered about capturing the moment. So some images might look quite flat because that was what the conditions were. That there was not an awful lot of contrast in the light and stuff. And others might be really contrasty. Um, and it kind of blends these multiple styles together. Um, but but tend to be, overall, I would say, I think photojournalistic documentary reportage styles tend to be more contrasty anyway. But I think that, that a lot of that is done in post because... Because because you you're not always using the light in the most favorable way, you, so you you're trying to bring a bit more out of the image in the post production. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you're not using light. If the light is great, but you because you're just capturing what's there. Technically, if you're doing that correctly, if you're doing that style to, true to what it is, you aren't ever asking the subject to stand here and turn this way. No. So you won't be able to always, you will basically, I want to photograph that and it's not in the light. So how can I best make the best of that basically? And, um, you know, a lot of the time you'll be, you'll be with, with that sort of style as well. You'll be juxtaposing sort of the bright and dark, high contrasty scenes 
So they'll tend to be because because they'll they'll just the light will, the sun could be just shining wherever it's shining and it could be kind of like getting blocked by something and half of someone's face could be in shadow and half of it could be in light. So you end up with these really punchy and dramatic, vibrant and loud, fun photos, and that's that's why th- that when I look at, I love kind of documentary style photos, um, and and I would say that we use an element of that in our work, but not all the time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I love it because it's so punchy usually. Yeah. Um, so within each genre, there might be some shifts in color balance. So we talked about white balance. We talked about color. And that might, the, the, those shifts in the colour might be, so like you might have somebody who sways, you know, they shoot a particular style, but one might sway towards kind of the more uh, cold and desaturated um, style. And some might walk, go towards the more warm and earthy tones type style. And that is going to depend more on the like aesthetic of style, desire of the photographer, and it's going to make those styles, whether it's dark and moody, light and airy, or you know, photojournalist, it's going to make them more pronounced. It's going to give those. It's going to give that kind of signature look, if you like, how somebody, how warm or cold somebody wants to do that particular type of image. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually the kind of final thing of how you can tell someone's image from another person's. Do you know what I mean? Because they've just the way that they've manipulated those colours. Um, you can kind of just sometimes it's down to the way they've shot it and composed it because lighting isn't everything but sometimes it can be because of the the kind of color grade if you like mm. that they've used so yeah i'm enjoying this because <laughs> <laughs> i ain't come up for air I've just no. talked. <laughs> um oh, so good. Another thing to sort of mention is like creative photos where you might be using something like off-camera flash. So they tend to really contrast the colour balance of elements in the photo because that's how you're going to make something that looks really like eye-catching and wow. So for instance, if you're going to use off-camera flash, you are introducing light um, in a direct, you know, you're using directional light, using intensity of light, and you're also using it as like a key light potentially to light your subject or something. Um, and then you're using the ambient and that might be at a different color temperature. Sometimes people use things like gels to accentuate that. So you might have a sky that looks really blue or a sky that looks really red. And then your subject looks kind of natural. And then there might be other accent lights or other ambient light in there that looks, makes it all look a bit, a bit like, whoa, what's going on here? There's, like a really yellow light there and a really red light there and really blue light there and that doesn't look normal to my eyes you know my eyes didn't see it like that Mm. and that's that's kind of it's like it's like seeing seeing what you can create through introducing different colors and intensities of light in different areas of the frame so it's all about adapting your style and using the light intentionally that's what we've been talking about Mm. and um it all links to the why. So last week we were talking about the why as a photographer, what you're trying to achieve. And this kind of all links into the why and your style and what you're going to do with light is because the style of work and the approach to a wedding that you have and what you want to deliver to the couple may dictate the style of images or films that you create and how you use light to achieve this. Mm. So let's talk about some of the practical applications of using light. 
Um, do you want to <laughs> ask me some questions on these links? Because I know you're, <laughs> you're taught for a bit. So, no, no, that's... Uh, that's quite all right. Like I say, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying. The, you know, there's 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 a lot of learning for me in, in in this as well because the um the the more technical uh the science behind how we manage to achieve what we do through the camera, whether it's the photo or the film, um is 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 you know definitely down to. You talked about me being quite instinctive. And what I do, and yeah. I think you know sometimes um, because because of the kind of the you know without realizing it that there's a lot of kind of technical in here and and like the, you know the science behind it, like I say, and I think I'd have to hold my hands up and say that I don't always kind of I guess or haven't always understood, but that, ne- but that neither have I, Lindsay. It. Neither have I, and that's the whole um, point. And so. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's there's an instinctive sort of thing there. I think if you if you understand your your kit, you you know the camera that you're using, whether you're, it is for the for the photo or for the for the film, and if you kind of understand your settings and 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 sort of what you but can it's also sort of work with about light, when it comes it? to the lighting so. that you are working with you know, pairing those two to, together. So kind of almost, you know, you've got one eye on the light, as it were, but one eye on your subject, on your environment, on the, the you know, the location that you're in and, and kind of sort of bringing all that together. Um, so for, for the kind of, I know it, what we're moving on to is the kind of pra- practical application of, of this. So everything that we've sort of talked through, how do we, how do we put that into yeah, but to go on Practice. to the just to just to talk about the what you just said about it being instinctive, that is how it is for you know that that's that's what happened because I I didn't find anything that explained any of this stuff to me in a way that mm-hmm. was was digestible. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about lighting out there. Photography is like the main subject in lighting, so it gets talked about a lot, but it gets talked about either in too basic a level. Or it gets talked about at too high a level. Mm. It doesn't get talked about enough in terms of like, okay, if you want to make this photo, what is in this photo and why does it look like that? Where did you position the subject? Where did you position the light source? And when you say when you say position the light source, I know that everyone's just going to initially go, I'm thinking about a flash gun here. Or I'm thinking about an LED light, right? That I'm going to put in the scene. no. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the sun. Where am I positioning the sun? I can't move the sun, but I can move the subject, mm-hmm. right? And once you understand that, that is literally pro- probably like the biggest, you know, mic drop of learning how to get images that look a certain way is is knowing where to put people mm-hmm. in order to make that photo look a certain way. Yeah. And obviously if you're doing photojournalistic or documentary type stuff, you're not going to move the subject. So you're going to look for the light and then you're going to look at where the people are and you're going to look for the angle at which you're going to try and take that image or wait for that image to, you know, come into play. Mm. Right? And that's what it's all about. It's... It took a long time for that to happen for me because I didn't. Nobody said it like that to me. It seems quite obvious now. Probably, 
probably seems a bit obvious now I'm saying it to you. Okay, so that's what we've covered um, up to this point in terms of lighting and its use as like in you know an intentional way to create the the styles and stuff that you want. And um, we're going to wrap this episode up. We're going to do this as one episode, but we've decided to split it into two because it's it's obviously a bigger topic than we even realised. Um, and there's a lot to say about it. So that's the end of this episode for for here, and we'll pick up in another episode um, and finish discussing this topic. So um, again, thank you as always for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's sponsored by Divine Studios. If you are looking for any branding or web design stuff that you're wanting for your business um, to take it to the next level, uh, please get in touch with them. Check them out. They're awesome. And if you mention the Wedding Mavericks podcast, you're going to get a 10% discount on the services. Uh, if you want to make any comments about the episode, you've got any opinions or anything to share on that, you can do that by DMing us on Instagram at Wedding Mavericks. And hopefully you'll um, listen to the next episode, which will be continuing what we've been discussing here and just wrapping everything up. Um, so thanks again for your time, uh, as always, and uh, take care. Bye. See ya. Bye.